This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Local authorities and small businesses across the nation offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street, West London, Docklands, East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion centre of the field. I hope he plays a long breaking pass. He doesn't. He's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's trying to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> I better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we've got some interesting things there. And um, I think that we're developing, redeveloping it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. All right then. John and the kids are dead on the microwave. Dead on the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of the time anyway. Homestale Radio. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. And welcome to Homestale Radio. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host for tonight. Uh, Nick might be there. Nick. Hello, how you doing? All right. Yeah, great. <laughs> and Rich Foster. Hi, Rich. Hmm. Good stuff. Hi, Chris. <laughs> As always, we really want to hear from you throughout the show. Oh, there you are. Uh, hello. Um, we do want to hear from you throughout the show. Do get in touch. You can uh, email us. It's radio at homestyle.net. Tweet at HOL Radio or message us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. First up, it's a live using brief. 
get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 1234 098. Homestyle Radio. Voices for Palace Watch, faces for Crime Watch. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Hmm. Homestyle Radio made breaking news on Sky and the BBC as Steve Harris decided once again to announce the transfer signings on our pokey little radio show. Here's what Sky had to say shortly after. Let's find out a bit more now, Fernandez. Bit of uh, Crystal Palace news on Homestyle Radio tonight. If you're a Crystal Palace fan, you'll know what that is. It's a local radio program in that area that covers Crystal Palace. Steve Parrish, the Crystal Palace chairman, has said tonight on Homestyle Radio that the uh, Tom Ince and Joe Lidley deals have been done as far as they're concerned. They've sent the paperwork through to the Premier League and they're just waiting for confirmation that that paperwork has gone through. So Steve Parrish... Hmm. Seemed to fade out. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Crystal... Crystal Palace Football Club are delighted to announce the return of the ever-popular CPFC Beer Festival, which takes place on May the 17th, 2014. As is expected, it's to be the biggest and best yet since its inception in 2011, with more than 150 beers, ales and real ciders from independent producers across the UK. Crystal uh, Palace FC are proud to announce... Oh, this is all right. what now? Yeah. Crystal, Crystal Palace FC are proud to announce that we'll be holding our annual awards night at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. The event will be hosted by David Kid Jensen and will take place on Tuesday, the 6th of May 2014, between 7 pm and 10 pm. Jill, Jill, you alright, mate? What? Yeah, I'm alright. Pretty sharp. This is why we usually record it. Season ticket prices for the 14-15 season, mm, 2014-15 season, have been announced. Prices start at £420 for adults who've bought before the 1st of April and you'll be eligible to 10% off. However, if we remain in the Premier League, the cost of the ticket will increase by 10%, so do buy early. Nick, come on. Oh, bloody, bloody, bloody. Is it oh. me again? Okay, yeah. Tony Police has confirmed that Glenn Murray will be registered into the 25 and will be available for selection to play Brighton for the under 21s tomorrow. News in Brave, Brave, Brave. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. That's a special um, little treat for you today. Can you uh, message in with the member of the Homestay Radio team you'd like me to sack first for their incompetence? Just uh, tweet at HOL Radio <laughs> who your least favourite is today, and then they will go, because quite frankly, that was bollocks, wasn't it? Ah, um, yeah, sorry, I might be in quite a bad mood after having to rush back to get from the Emirates, but um, before we talk about that game... We're going to talk about the, uh, the well, bit of a review of our transfer action. Uh, I think first up, we'll uh, quickly round up what Steve Parrish told us on deadline day. 
fantastic. That's fantastic news. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That is fantastic news. Oh, fantastic news. Okay, correct news. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, well. That's fantastic to hear. Um, fantastic. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's fantastic news. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That is fantastic news. Oh, fantastic news. Okay, correct news. <laughs> oh, well. That's fantastic to hear. Um, fantastic. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's fantastic news. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That is fantastic news. Oh, fantastic news. Okay, correct news. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, well. That's fantastic to hear. Um, fantastic. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's fantastic news. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That is fantastic news. Oh, fantastic news. Okay, correct news. <laughs> oh, well. That's fantastic to hear. Um, fantastic. Brilliant. So, are we actually going to not have... We're not going to have that clip. Is that all a setup to make me just... Oh... Right, well, so obviously our producer has quite a lot of time on his hands um, to put that together. See, apparently I say fantastic too much. What do you think? Mm. My favourite bit of that was definitely the, when me and Ben said fantastic at the same time. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> I do want to talk about the, the transfer uh, the transfer window, though. That's one of the, the areas of discussion. And I think it was, it's prevalent after today's game. Uh, a lot of people are still bringing up the lack of signing a striker, so that's one of the areas that we'll talk about. But I mean, obviously, you know, you'd have to be living in a ditch to know what we did, what we didn't didn't do in the transfer window. But um, players we brought in, Wayne Hennessy as a keeper, obviously could have played today, didn't, um, and Jason Punchin on a permanent who did play today, but obviously we feel like signing in some ways because he had been on loan at the club, um, and yeah, signing too late to actually play any part today were Tom Ince which I think that's the one of the guys who are most excited, Scott Dan and uh, Joe Ledley, which was probably the latest of the deals, and a lot of people very excited about that, and uh, yeah, I think we could probably could have done with him as well today, but um, just general reaction again, that's, I know Nick, you weren't on the, the transfer show, so I'm going to start with yourself, um, I mean, yeah, happy with that business, I mean, you can't really fail to be, can you? It was very, very good, I mean, Joe Ledley, I'm... Um... Joe Ledley, I'm very, very pleased with. Um, his, uh, a Celtic supporting mate is, is gutted that he's left them and uh, just just said his quality, absolute quality. Uh, Tom Ince, we'll, we'll wait and see there. Um, lots of people are saying he's a bit of a, a Billy Big, what's it? Uh, we'll have to wait and see if he can deliver. Um, be interesting to see where he gets played and, and who moves, yeah. moves out uh, to make way for him. I don't really know too much about Wayne Hennessy, uh, but it'd be good for Jules to have a bit of competition. But again, what's going to happen with Alexander and Price and uh, all the others? And the, the strangest thing about the transfer window was the fact that we've still got Garve and we've still got lots of other players that, um, quite frankly, I thought we would trim the uh, squad a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's a good shout, actually. That yeah, that's a fair comment. I think um, there was, was the outgoings that didn't happen, really. Yeah. Um, and I, I think going back to Tom Ince, um, I remember seeing him when we played Blackpool last season at home, and I thought he was superb. And in a way, you know, if he is a bit of a Billy Big Bollocks, I think Tony Pulis will sort him out, because he won't let him 
be the big star. He just, you know, that the idea of being part of a team where you work hard, you know your job, and you just, you know, you have to sweat to to play. Otherwise, you're not going to play. So I think he will turn to be a good player. As you say, the interesting thing is, where is he going to play? Because I think, from what I remember, he was a central midfield player. He's not really a wide player. but uh, And he scores goals, which we do need desperately. So, mm. yeah, big, big tick for Ince. I agree with Ledley. I think he'll add. I think he's better than KG, personally. I think he'd be playing that central role and, again, could bring us some goals. So, I like both of them. Hennessy, I think, is more of a bet for the future. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I mean that, that stands to reason. You know, Jules will remain number one for for the time. You know, for the foreseeable future, I think. But I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, a lot of people were mentioning today. You know, is obviously it was that close a, a signing to the to the end of the window and, and this game that obviously Hennessy probably wouldn't have played even if he was coming in as number one. So a few people are a bit nervous about about losing Jules as as number one. But we'll see what happens. Tony Pulis will only do what's best for the club. Uh, in his view, and you've got to give him that that option. Who is um, who's sort of rubbing their microphone? It's probably Joe. Not Hunter. me. It's not. No, oh. it's not me. It's not me. You sure? All right. Well, um, hmm. hmm. Well, your your view. Uh, I suppose we'll, we'll we'll take that subject that we were just talking about <coughs> there. If you know, we, we mentioned it on our last show. Um, but do, do you see there potentially being a case for Hennessy to to come straight in for Jules? Um. No, I mean I thought he played all right today, Jules. Yeah, he did. Not, yeah, not, not a lot he could have done uh, with the goals. So um, it just depends on what Pulis wants. I mean, he's just like I said, like I said the other day, he's just he's just getting better and better. Which is you know he's, he's, he's just uh, he's getting used to the pace and and with the coaching that he's got around him now, he's, he he just looks to be getting a better goalkeeper. I mean, that would be the irony is we we get him to where he's probably been. As good as he's ever been, and in Binning, uh, I, I don't know. But no, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, he, he was saying in the press during, during the week, he was saying that um, he felt, you know, the strongest that he's ever, probably ever felt as a goalkeeper, and he, he thinks he's got at least sort of, you know, maybe three, four years left in him. So I'm sure Wayne Hennessy probably won't want to wait three or four years before he gets in the in, in the first team. So it's definitely going to be an interesting little tussle over the, the next few weeks. Um, if we're talking about down the bench. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And obviously, Jules at the start of his Palace career had quite a long spell doing just that. So um, I don't really want to see him end his Palace career doing that either. But we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, there's an awful lot of noise going on in the background. That's upsetting it's me. It's, 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 it's got to be. It's got to be Nick, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> as if by magic, there's a horrible sort of static scratch just as we accuse him. Um, all right, last little bit on these transfers. We do want to talk to, to John Aspinall, who was a Blackpool fan. We'll talk to him directly about um, about uh, Tom Ince. So it's... hopefully we can we can get him lined up. Yep. Um, just waiting for the producer to do that as I stall. Just a little, little wait there. Da, 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 da. Producer just called me a tip for actually mentioning on air. That, you know, I gave him a, a, an audio cue. I said I want to talk to John Aspinall just a moment as we get, but nothing. Nothing. He still hasn't even done it. It's just unbelievable. He's All right, we won't. He's he forgot about him apparently. Even though it's, it's, not, it's amazing, he's not actually listening to what I'm saying. But I mean, we've, we've, I mean, the thing about Ince is we talked about is that 
this season he's he's not really done an awful lot for Blackpool. I mean, they they had a really good start under under Paulins, um, but really really flagged, and and he's just not had the effect that he had last season. I'm hoping at some point we could have talked to John about why that why he thought that was. Maybe we can do that a bit later on. Um, looking at the the team that we picked today. I'm trying to fit the players in. I mean, you'd think Joe Ledley would come in for KG. Uh, what do you reckon, Rich? Yeah, I um, I agree with that. Uh, as I say, I think um, KG is is not sharp enough for the Premiership. I'm sorry. I just I just find him a little bit lacking in pace, a little bit lacking in uh, thinking ahead. And I think Ledley will be a massive, a massive boost to the team. And and KG doesn't score many goals. You know, a couple every season. I think Ledley consistently for Celtic. And I know it's only Scotland, but he has consistently scored <laughs> goals. And also Ledley's played at a very high level. You know, he's played, he's represented Celtic in the Champions League and didn't look out of place. So I think him and Yednak in the yeah. middle will be a very, very strong central pairing. Yeah, as um, as Nick was mentioning it, mentioning earlier, I had a quick um, look over the, look over at some Celtic forums about their general reaction to to losing Joe Ledley, and there was a very bitter, disrespectful tone towards Palace uh, and to, to Ledley himself and from certain people. But generally speaking, that, that speaks volumes about how good a player he is. Um, I'm and sure also, that is the anti-English thing, Chris. <laughs> well, that to a that to a point, but apparently we're just a little club. He should have gone to a top four or something. But I mean, that, and then in the same you know, in the same breath, they condemn him for for they thought he was a true Celtic play, uh, fan and all this sort of stuff. It's amazing how often we get taken in and supporters by players praising our club. Uh, you know, we we kind of assign some degree of importance that they, that they are. You know, all the players that we have now, we sort of think, oh, they've got an affection for Palace, which they do. Uh, well, most of them, and then, but that that doesn't extend beyond the time when they leave the football club, other than to sort of check on results. They're not fans of, of most football players are not properly of fans of football clubs. You know, as, as kids, they follow teams, then they then they effectively support the team that they play for after that. And I think people need to get a bit more used to that. And there's nothing more obvious in in the sort of ranks of the Celtic fans slamming Joe Ledley for daring to leave them. Um, I mean, obviously, they're a massive club in Scotland, but it's in it's in Scot. You know, they wouldn't. You know, they're, they're not they're not exactly a fantastic team, sort of world-renowned kind of team. It, it, I don't want to slag them off because obviously they've had all this European experience. They've had some great European nights, amazing history, blah 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 blah. But ultimately, we're a Premier League club, and that's why Joe Ledley's joined us, Rich. Yeah, I, I, I would totally back that up. I'm, I'm married to a Scot, so I, I actually watch a bit of Scottish football, and <laughs> the quality is absolutely unbelievably poor. Particularly mm. now, obviously, Rangers have been taken out of the equation slightly. If you look at your league tables, you will find Celtic are 21 points ahead of the second-place team. 21 yeah. points. Playing in Scotland is not very difficult you just it's not challenging enough and therefore i think for ledley it's a great move and i can see why the celtic fans are bitter because they're losing a very good player but don't take it out on us you know we're building trying to build a team here and we're trying to stay in the premiership and he is going to be an asset and you know yeah i i agree with you chris a little bit about this oh but they support the club sort of thing they support the club 
that's not true. Uh, you know, Doogie Friedman, Palace hero, everyone loved him. And then when he left, that guy got so much flack. I would question any fan in their job, if they're offered three times what they're earning, would they turn that down? No, exactly. So. It's, no, no. And, I mean, you're, you're talking about someone's very short career where they earn them. Exactly. You know, very brief. It's, 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 an, it's an odd career in many, many ways. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think there's too much wrong with, with a player wanting to move to a Premier League club from the Scottish Premier League. There's no doubt that the Premier League is a much, much better league. There's much more money. There's much more attention. But there's also much more quality as well. Um, yeah. Looking at... Looking at also, I suppose Scott Dan is, is possibly the trickiest one. We, we talked about him. I think people felt that he was going to come in for Gabidon. Nick, I hope I'll just see if you're back. Do you, do you think that's going to happen straight away? Do you think Gabidon will come straight out of a what's been a solid-looking defence? I'm certainly going to back any man that is taking over, if I <laughs> like them or not. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was Alex. Well done, Alex. Um, I saw Alex that was, that, Did you? Oh. Yes. Um, as he mentioned that that well, I say that thing he keeps saying. So he mentioned that. Uh, obviously, that that sound was because Nick wasn't there. We're still trying to connect to him. Uh, so, Joe, you get that question. Is Scott Dan going to come straight in for Gabadon? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, he, he he was he got I don't know. He got shown up for a little bit for pace today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he will do. I think there'll be. Two or three people come straight in. Well, Ince has come into us because he wants Premier League. He wants 15 games in the Premier League. And we have paid a lot, a lot of money to give him that chance. So he will definitely be playing. Um, along with that white noise that I can hear. Um, yeah, just, just ignore uh, it. <laughs> no, Warning. Gel no. um, rant alert. Gel rant alert. It's not. That I've got a rant in I've got a rant. I've got a rant yeah. for you in a minute. Um, Mike, yeah, has been I'm, so I'm excited. All oh, right, <laughs> about that little jingle. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I think there'd be two or three. Um, I see what I just. All right, well, we just yeah, that's that's all that I want to talk about the game. <laughs> that's what yeah, about. I know we're we're going to get straight well to that <laughs> any moment now. But there's one last little topic. It was messaged to us uh, on a couple of tweets earlier on. Um, it, it's something that Steve Parrish. We asked Steve Parrish directly. Because obviously it's something that it was one of the most obvious questions to come out of the transfer window, and it was the one thing that people were had sort of were most concerned about, if you like, and that was the lack of striker side. And obviously Steve told us quite clearly that a, at least a large part of the reason for that, for not signing a striker was because Glenn Murray is is going to make the twenty five. Well, that's not what he said, but that's what Tony Peters has confirmed that today that Glenn Murray will make the the, the twenty five man squad. Um, that that aside, does it still bother you guys that that we haven't brought a forward in, and, and what forward that would have been? Are you still no. worried? No. How oh, can we? I mean, it's, you just got to sit back and take a sensible view on this. That we've got, a, we've got, you know, we've basically got a brand new striker for free. You know, we have, we haven't had him for six or seven months. He's coming back. You know what? Come on, name. We've already got we've got enough strikers. We've got enough little right. duffs in there, do we? Let's, uh, let's get your view on that then, Rich. Um, 
I, I know exactly what you mean and I, you know we, we did discuss this uh, the other Sunday about the fact well, when Murray comes back is he going to be fully fit is he going to be quick enough to snap those chances I mean I think he will be a fantastic addition and a great lift to the spirit but as I mentioned before I think the likes of Ince and Ledley you've got to score goals from midfield as well I don't think we'll score a huge amount of goals up front Shamak runs his heart out but he's not going to score many goals Jerome I'm sorry, but he doesn't, you know, that chance he missed today, for example, it just irritates me because I never think he's going to score. Um, And I just think if you're not going to score enough goals from your strikers, you have to have scoring midfield players. And, you know, Punchin obviously has in the last couple of games, but Yednak hasn't scored this season. Uh, KG, I don't think he scored. He he may got a dubious goal against Sunderland, but I think that was Gabadon's. Ward hasn't scored. You know, they, they, you know, Bannon scored one. That's not enough for your midfield. If your strikers are not prolific strikers, you need the midfield players to start contributing goals. And that's where Ince and Ledley are going to come in. Yeah, but Jednek's not paid to score goals. Jednek's paid to smash on the midfield. That's why we get Ledley in to be creative in the midfield because we haven't got a creative midfielder. And then, we, and then we've got Ince, which, which I'm sure is going to play left wing, but actually on the right. It's the only place that Eames can play. Oh, he's going centre forward. So, but um, I mean, listen, we could we could get Calvin and Andrew back in, and I think he'd be fucking better than than Jerome. Mm. I mean, he was crap today. Joe. Absolutely. What? Joe, an F, an F bomb straight up. Oh, well. sorry, it was crap. No, I was just annoyed about him today. Not as annoyed mm. as annoyed about about Arsenal Football Club themselves. Yeah, I've got plenty on that topic. I have to say. Um, Oh, it's, anyway, we will we'll get to that as we, as we move into the, the match discussion. Um, just want to check very, very quickly to see if Nick is alive. Nick, are you there? I am here. Oh, the, not only are you not accompanied by static, that we can actually yeah. hear what you're saying. This is a f- whole radio first. Welcome, Nick. I've just... I'm on a phone now. Well, I'm on a, on a Sony Xperia Z1, which I thoroughly recommend for Skype calls. Um, <laughs> do, you think, do you think you're going to get free Sony stuff for saying that? <laughs> I might not, do. Um, not with the listener figures today, mate. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the fact was, it, the, the phone was downstairs. I turned the Skype off upstairs on the, uh, on the shitty laptop made by Toshiba. And um, I fell down the <laughs> stairs, running down to answer it. <laughs> Just missed it. <laughs> Staggered up the stairs, and um, you took ten minutes to call me back. But yes, I am static free. It's just I can't see any messages. And sorry, everybody, I've had to leave the chat room. Wholeradio.net/slash/chat. Not that anything will get put in. It won't. No, because um, we just can't trust anyone's. Other other brands are available. Fucking yeah. hell! Right, I re- instantly regret your your microphone working. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we took a little trip to the Emirates today. Um, Myself and Joe were there. We uh, yeah, enjoyed a pre-match pint, didn't we, Joe? It was lovely. We did. Um, and then I'm, you disappeared I, before I, I could bought. buy you one back. Oh, I was so upset. No, I had to go and meet Danny to collect my ticket at the, uh, or go and meet him at the station. So Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to get we, you on some other time, yeah. yeah. We went <clears> across the road and had some more beers and some of that, I don't know, the, the, the brown gear with the chewberry drink, the one that gets you quite tipsy very quickly. Jager bums. Yeah, that's the stuff. That's more yeah. Stuff. Very nice. you, behaving like a youngster. I know, I know. It's the irony, yeah. <laughs> the irony, I got a couple of away games and uh, people trying to get me pissed. How dare they? But anyway, 
we unfortunately we didn't get the result we wanted. The first half performance was solid. I wouldn't say we parked the bus, but we certainly weren't particularly adventurous. Uh, we managed to get in at half time with the scores level. Um, hadn't really threatened, but I think we'd restricted Arsenal to a lot of pretty play around the box, but nothing particularly incisive. And Jules had to be on his toes a couple of times, maybe, but you're always going to get that against the side, the quality of Arsenal. Unfortunately, as we've seen against good teams in the past, we tend to only manage one, you know, one good 45 minutes. And that second half, very, very early on in the second half, Oxlade Chamberlain finished well, but essentially went right through us and pretty much the story for the second goal as well. We ended up losing 2-0. Really only one major chance of the game and that fell to Cameron Jerome, which he uh, failed to convert. And uh, I'm sure we'll definitely talk about that. But uh, that's a, a rough summary of what happened. Arsenal had all of the ball, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but we still managed to get ton, 10 shots away, but only two on target. Um, got, got five corners in the game. But uh, again, not really threatening from any of those. Uh, Nick, you wanted to make a point. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I travelled back down from Lincoln today and there were quite a few gooners at um, the station at Grantham. And they were so full of themselves even before the game. And I, I, I was talking to them about the, the kind of chance that they were expecting to get from the Palace fans about being Trappist monks and being really quiet. And they um, they were they had, really had a go at me said, it's really loud at the Emirates. It's one of the most lively <laughs> grounds in the country. Oh. And, you know, we've got our red corner and then they've renamed one of the ends to the North Stand and they sing in the North Stand. And I didn't hear they, any of it on they Sky. Don't, they don't, honestly. Joe will uh, no doubt go on more of a rant than I will. But Can, they, can I come in were, on that point? Go on, go on, yeah, go on. Right on that point, right. Half-time, Danny decides to go off, order a load of beers. While he's waiting in the queue... Needs a turnout. So he goes to the toilet, comes back, gets in the queue, buys the beers, so we're running late. So, we literally, finishing our beers, looked up on the telly and saw the Arsenal players celebrating. And I was like, hang on a minute, that's the black kit. I thought it was I thought it was some highlights from uh, another team that playing black. Uh, uh, you know, I thought, didn't... we were standing less than 10 yards away from, I don't know, the, the, the entrances into that stadium, into the main, the main entrance into the stadium, and did not know that they had scored. I swear no, to I you, know. that I, was absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. That place is crap. Oh, you're, not, you're not exaggerating. That's my first visit to the Emirates, and it really, rather than being, obviously I was, our fans were fantastic yet again. I mean, but we get that everywhere, and you know, not to be complacent or to take for granted what what we do, but it just it almost hurt to be there. It really did. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy a single second of it. Um, and it's just <laughs> just cynic type in the chat and he's cut his attack. What the hell just happened, Nick? Is everyone else here? <laughs> yeah, right, this is Nick, still going, man. Words a second, then disappear. Yeah, we'll just have to leave him, leave him well behind. No, I promise you this happened. There was a, a brief recess between songs. 
and I and an Arsenal fan took that opportunity to shout across to us and said, "Why the hell are you lot singing? Shut up!" And it's like you, I just wanted to say. I think I said it on the Twitter. It's like you're at a football match, mate. <laughs> I mean, you want us to be quiet so you can watch the game? Is that it? I mean, he's stand. They're standing up there with their arms folded. And I mean, they could barely bring themselves to clap. And this was the thing for me. I looked round the Emirates for a good sort of three, four minutes at one stage, just trying to see if anyone was moving. It was literally like watching a painting because there was no movement. It was about about ten percent of their crowd moved um, during shocking. the game. But it was just I've honestly that's not that's not <laughs> what I want when I go to a, to see a football match. I've got, you know, I've got I did, two. I, I want to. I want to give Rich a chance to get in before you come back in, Joe. Oh mate, Rich. Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I wasn't there, as you know, and I, I watched it on telly. And as you say, uh, yet again, the Palace fans were uh, fantastic, and was commented on at least three times by Sky about the incredible support. I actually did go to an Arsenal game earlier this season when they played Napoli in the Champions League. It's the first time I've been to Emirates. I could not quite believe... I mean, they were brilliant against Napoli. They absolutely ripped them apart. Um, they were so quiet. I just turned around to my Arsenal mate and said, is this usually like this? And he went, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much standard. They then, having gone 2-0 up and played some of the best football I've ever seen live in my life, they started moaning. Literally, all <laughs> the people around me went, no, why can't he do this? Why can't I was going, you're 2-0 up in the Champions League. You've absolutely battered a Serie A side at the top of the Serie A and you're now moaning. So that sums up Arsenal fans to me. Yeah, it does. They're spoiled. They're absolutely spoiled. Totally. They've got, they've got no real grip, grip on reality. And, and I mean, the worst thing is, it, it's when they, by the time they gone two new up, there was a group of about six or seven near me who started singing along to the same tunes that we were singing, but you know, words being disrespectful to the Palace. And it's yeah. like you don't. To me, that's worse. That's worse than them sitting there in silence. It's worse if you wait until you're two nil up and then start abusing people who have been there and supported their club the whole way through the game. They should feel embarrassed. They shouldn't be happy about anything that they're doing. Honestly, that it, I know, it's a bad way to start because we're not really reviewing a game. We're reviewing an atmosphere. But it, it's the most relevant point from that match because it, it was horrific. And believe me, all of those, all those of you who are gutted not to get tickets to go, you, you didn't miss anything because other than a fantastic Palace atmosphere that you get every every time you go away, um, you, you you really miss nothing from Arsenal. It, it would have probably made you wonder what the hell you're doing spending money going to watch anything because it was just... I mean, they might as well have been sort of reading from a book of standard football sort of football chants and reactions. It was just awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean, I, when I went... When I went to that uh, Napoli game, I did. I felt it was like a cricket match, and you know there was polite applause and oh, a few murmurs here and there, and it was it was literally the same atmosphere as a cricket match. And then during the game today, I've got a mate who's an Arsenal season ticket holder, and at half time he said, "Palace fans have never stopped singing as though." It's an incredibly amazing thing. What is going on here? It's going. We're supporting our club. You probably don't understand that. That's what we do. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, for, for us, it's, I guess for us, that's normal. And for them, normal is watching a team win a football match. And when they don't win it, and they don't win it with a certain style, I guess that that's when they get upset. But really, like I said, they're, they're a spoiled bunch. They really are. Um, let's talk about a few little things from the game. Uh, <laughs> wherever hello? that might be. Hello. Why have you just said hello? 
because I want to talk. I want to, I've got some little oh, rants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on then. Get in your rants. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I turned up outside the grounds, not on the path. I was walking down the road with loads of other people. I had a small can of uh, cranberry Smirnoff. You'd, you'd have to have 15 or 20 of them to get any kind of buzz off of them. Yeah. Uh, and it was our fault. Tiny little miniature tins. And a policewoman walked up to me and went, uh, no drinking in the ground. I went, I'm not in the ground. I'm in the road. Yeah, and she took it out, forcibly took it out of my hands. So I told her where she could poke it. Yeah. And then afterwards, I, I promise you, again, Danny H will tell you this. So, uh, we left. I took one step outside. I mean, obviously, I had to leave five minutes from the end. I, I, you know, there was a fire drill. Well, it was this drill, really, to get back for this. Yeah. Um, but, and, and then I heard, like, oh. So I went to run back in. I, well, take one step back in. Two shoes come over. Sorry, mate, you can't go back in. I said, what? Yes, yeah, policy. Crushing. I said, I'm sorry. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, crushing. We have a, a crushing policy. I went, there's no one around me. I was, uh, there, there wasn't anyone within 10 feet of me. And they said, I was not allowed back in the ground for fear of crushing. I went, I know I'm a big boy, but I ain't going to yeah. crush her. I said, no. absolutely. I said, I do a little radio station. I said, I'm going to mention it. <laughs> You've absolutely been swallowed. Your once historic club has been swallowed by the corporate bullshit of the Premier League. It's really sad. Is, really, really is, sad. People do fear the same happening for us, though, and um, I suppose it's something we've got to be guarded against because we don't want to be that. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the power that the Premier League has in terms of enforcing its own, pretty much this is the way you watch football and this is the way you you treat your supporters is, is quite disturbing in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, I think there's probably something, if we do manage to stay up, which hopefully we will, um, it's just, I, I really, really hope we don't end up being pushed in that direction. It's going to be very, very difficult to, to sort of go do anything that goes against the party line in the Premier League, I think. Did you think um, the chat in there was crap as well? Sorry, I, Chris. I, I, all I can say, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you, cause when you're right in the middle of it, you... It sounds fantastic because you're right in the middle of a load of people singing. But, I mean, it didn't carry anything. If, if they sang anywhere in that ground other than right next to us when there were about seven people singing, I didn't hear it. So you, I suppose oh. you could argue that they, the acoustics were rubbish. But, yeah. I, honestly, you, when, you, when you look up and it's sort of three, it's three tiers and, you know, there's another little corporate tier as well. And you look at the size of that place. You're looking around, you're thinking, wow, look at all those people. And then about... 10 minutes before half time, you're thinking, wow, look at all those empty seats. And again, yeah. 10 minutes before the end of the game, you're thinking, you know, where the hell has everyone gone? It was, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not really there to watch what's going on the pitch. They're there because they, so they can say to their mates, I'll go Arsenal every week. But uh, it, yeah, it was, it was just a disturbing, disturbing experience being in, being in the Emirates. But like I said, let's move on and talk about the lineups. Well, let's talk about our lineup. We're not really too bothered about Arsenal's. Um, so, Joel Ward, finally, back to right back. Um, let's talk about that straight away. Did he have a good game, Joel? Um, I always think he has a solid game. Yeah, I mean, it, looked, it actually did look like um, the trickiness was, was uh, of Kazola uh, and, um, and especially, um, especially the Ox, you know, with his pace, was, was going to trouble. Right. I thought he held his own. Right, I, I, don't I know, I know, I know you don't like that. No, I won't have him referred to as the Ox. <laughs> won't have it. That's why I did it. <laughs> Alexander Oxley chamberlain thank you. 
But no, I, I thought he held his own, um, and, and you know he, he's just a very, very good player, and he's he's obviously you know a utility player. I mean, the only good thing is is from from our point of view that as soon as uh, as soon as Ledley is available, i.e. the next game, um, along with Ince, wherever they decide to play him in the midfield, he's 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 too good a player. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. To not be in the team, which means he goes back to right back. And, you know, I know there'll be many people along with that agree with me to say that his best position, what I think, is, is at right back. And I feel more comfortable as a Palace fan seeing him at right back. Even though yeah. he hasn't done anything wrong, he's run his yeah, eye been... out. And he's um, not creative enough. On, on, on the subject, Rich... What do you think? What what made Tony Pulis make the decision now? Obviously, KG was back and he had been injured, I guess. But well, what made Tony Pulis make that decision for the Arsenal game to put Joel Ward back to back to right back when he'd been playing so well in midfield and the new players weren't available? I think he was probably worried about Mariapa. In that Mariapa has played, you know, I think he's he's been all right, but I think he could have been ripped apart and. I'm afraid to say, I mean, Joel Ward is by far and away my favourite player in that team at the moment, mm. possibly after Jules. Uh, I just didn't think he had a terribly good game in the second half because basically Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, scored two goals. He, you know, the second goal, it was a pretty sharp one-two, but Joel was miles behind the pace. And, and mm. Pulis actually mentioned it in his post-match comments. He said, you know, OK, Shamak lost Oxlade-Chamberlain, but Ward should have been covering. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I think he found it difficult because, you know, he'd been, I think he's a brilliant right back. He got switched to midfield, which I never really understood. And then he played really well in midfield. I just think, as as uh, Gel said, he's a utility player. He can actually play anywhere. And there's a slight problem with the utility players is you keep getting pushed around and fitted into square pegs and round holes. You won't get a, a solid place. He should be our right back. In fact, he should be England's right back, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, he, he's well, he's way ahead of Johnson at Liverpool. I mean, how that yeah. guy gets a game in England. So I yeah, but, say, to be fair, Rich, I'm way ahead of Johnson at Liverpool. So well, that's true, and uh, I've seen you play as well. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot yeah. about that part. <laughs> um, all right, let, let's have another look at um, some of the other things that, that, that were done in, in the lineup. Obviously, we talked about KG coming back in, into the midfield. Uh, what do you think the thinking behind that was, Joe? Uh, step backwards for me. Mm. I, I think we've been solid. We have been solid. I mean, if, if he had have changed it over, you know, where he wanted to have Ward at right back, and I think he should have had O'Keefe in the middle. You know, he, he'd have added a little bit of snap and bite. Um, I, I, I thought that uh, I thought KG looked sluggish. He looked. He just looked off. He just looked off the pace. You could see that he was. It, you know, 
to bring him back for a game of that importance, you know, against a top team, I, I thought was uh, I thought was a bit I don't know, a bit schoolboy really. I know. I have, yeah, I have to agree. It's the first first time in a while I've found myself wondering what the logic behind certain decisions was. Uh, one of those was was definitely the logic in bringing KG back and. And basically making that decision for the game against Arsenal. And Nick has attempted to join us again. No, no doubt whatsoever something will go horribly wrong at some point. Uh, see, Nick, we're going through the lineup. We've just had a quick chat about KG and Ward being in the team. Um, I suppose question for you really is, uh, if we're talking about players coming into that side, you'd probably expect that if Tom Ince comes in, it'd probably be Yannick Bellassi that misses out, given the attention we've given to Punchin. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Like literally, like, if this carries on, I'm just not, just not having you on the show anymore. Because you just turn up, and it sounds like you're rolling around in paper. Have you been playing, uh, doing role play, trying to do a decent proposal, and you're rolling around Sorry? in a million pounds on a bed? Are you saying I should change my name to Russell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I've, I've given myself an absolutely horrible image of you rolling around naked on a bed. In a, anyway, <clears throat> moving swiftly on for that, do you think uh, do you think Balassi's likely to be the man who, who drops out uh, in favour of to- uh, Thomas Ince? Quite possibly, because he he went on a couple of good runs today, but he just runs and runs and doesn't really distribute the ball well enough, does he? And <laughs> I think that's that's where he lacks completely. Uh, uh, yeah. Imagine yes. Yeah. Suppose end product. He did some absolutely f- fantastic things today, Yannick Bellassi. Uh, Rich, you probably would have got a better view than anyone by by watching it uh, on, on TV. Again, so sort of summary was it flashes of genius and then a lot of losing the ball, was it? Well, he, I mean, as you say, he's got some great skills and he can, you know, he can beat people. But what annoys me most about Yannick, and I, I do, you know, I do respect him as a player, but when he goes on a run, he becomes a headless chicken. He doesn't look at the options. He just thinks, OK, I've beaten one man, I'll beat a second, I'll beat a third. I'll beat... And then he eventually loses the ball. And it happens far too often. Um, to be fair to him, he did put in a big, good cross, you know, that eventually Jerome missed. But um, And the thing is, he's frustrating because he looks dangerous. He has got skill. He's certainly got pace. I just mm. don't think he utilises it. And I think he, you know, and Pulis said it in his post-match comment, he said... Very disappointed with our wide players. Couldn't be much clearer than that, could it? Both Punch and, no. and Balassi did not deliver what they should have delivered today. Mm, I think that's, that's a yeah. It's a very very fair summary from Pulis there. So he hadn't heard his comments myself due to the rush to get back, but yeah, hard to argue that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, where should we go next? Last last little thing on the lineup. I think um, Jill, the introduction of Bannon for Jerome. Was uh, was an interesting one, wasn't it? Jerome, obviously, that it had a very poor game. I think it's fair to say, um, not even playing to his, his usual strengths of, of chasing a lot of things down, and he missed a very very easy header, didn't he? Well, I mean, aside the miss, I thought he uh, very very frustrating, very frustrating with him. I thought I thought he was shocking, absolutely shocking to the point where we were. Looked like we were playing with ten men. I mean, he he, he did like a ten yard. You know, the ball was up ten yards away. He did a seven yard sprint instead of doing a ten yard sprint. He didn't put himself. You know, this is the Cameron Jerome. We want to smash people up in the air. So let their to hit Murtasaka and just give him a. You know, we we let them bully us today, and that that's not our way. 
Mm. Um, I thought he, I thought he was hugely off. But on a positive point, sub for Bannon, which is good. But, uh, but Bannon, but Bannon was decent, wasn't he? But yeah, no, he was. But there's a but. But Bannon plays on the left, and so does Ince. And Ince is definitely going to play games. In fact, he's going to play every single game. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit dubious of, as to what you know. I, I can't see us getting these players and putting mm. them on. On con, you know, take the ins, the ins thing aside. Is he is going to play no matter what? Um, it's cost us a massive amount of money. Um, yeah. And and Ledley is on. A, you know, if he's fit, which I'm sure he is, um, then he's going to come straight in to add the creative side of things, which we haven't really got. Um, so well, yeah. I can't see. You can't. You know, Balassi was fantastic the other day, and what you got to remember is, is that. Not not only was Balassi up against Premiership players, he was up against World Superstars. No matter what way you look at it, you just go, oh yeah, they do this, they do that. Mertesacker is a top top player. Uh, Senya top player. Every, every single player they got is a is a top class, a world class international. Mm. And um, yeah, and we got Cameron Jerome, who just <laughs> didn't look like he was at a, you know. I said to, I said, I spoke to Danny last night, and he went to me. He said, "Is that two horse race?" And yeah, but you know, we're we're a bit of a donkey compared to them. Mm. You know, sixteen to one we I mean, were to get. We, we, yeah, and, and and yeah, and it looked right, didn't it? I think if you look at what we talked about, Jerome Jerome's an interesting one because we talked in the past about um, what value he does have. Um, but I think today shows shows where all the all the talk of him doing that important thing and stretching defences and being strong and being quick and all and good hold up play all those things that he does well when he doesn't do them it's like you say it really is you're, you're a man down Nick. Yeah, it's no, it's Nick? really frustrating, isn't it? That we these players aren't these players are not performing consistently, are they? They're just not performing consistently. That. Oh dear God! Nick's gone again. There's absolutely no point whatsoever trying to have someone on the show who's talking like that. It's funny, but probably not great to listen to. Uh, until Nick gets a new laptop, a new internet connection, and a new brain, I think we'll probably have to leave him. Oh, so. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, obviously the the thing about Jerome today, it's the age old problem, isn't it? It's the one chance we do get, and it, it was at a critical time. I think it was still only one nil at the stage, yeah. uh, at that stage of the game, and it's an absolute guilt edged chance. Thought he was offside, Rich. You you saw it? I take it he was nowhere near offside. No, he wasn't offside. Clearly on. Mm. So there you go, and it, uh, I can only say, would you would you say would you credit the keeper for a good save, or was it simply just hit straight at him? Uh, I would say, I mean, Jerome made a good connection, but Phil, uh, sorry, Gary Neville made a very good point, and I think he's a fantastic analyst, by the way. He yeah. said good players would have put that in the opposite corner. Because Chesney, you know, he was going to his near post. You could see he was going, and a good player would have redirected it at far post, and he wouldn't have had a, a hope in hell. It was a good save, because he was only a few yards out, point blank, smashed it. Good header, strong, but if he'd put it the other way, it wouldn't have had to have the strength because he'd have he'd have been he going the right way and it'd been a goal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You always put you always good forward, but putting the ball back towards the direction it came in. 
from what yeah. he's become, and, and, and he didn't do that, which is why he isn't good enough. I think he's been hugely found out. You know, if he wanted to put himself in his shop window, because let's face it, when Murray comes back, he's going to be going, he, he has to be going down to third well, choice. Minimum. That's, yeah, that's, that's the inference, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't put all your eggs in the Murray basket if you weren't sure of his ability. Um, he must have really impressed in training, and or I suppose on the, on the flip side, he must have really struggled. Brian, Brian. Playing against Brian in the under twenty ones. Playing against Brian in the under twenty ones tomorrow. Any Murray? Is he? Is he? I hadn't yeah. seen that. That's yeah. fantastic yeah. news. He is. Well, so I just know, said fantastic. Bloody... Sorry, 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 sorry. It's a full, full bloody game for him to get back into. But then you know, from what I've been told as well, that he's been in full contact training for for nearly two weeks now. So. Mm. No. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it, it's fantastic. It's it's fantastic news. I'm sorry. After that clip, I can't stop saying fantastic now. <sighs> um, <laughs> so I suppose another thing to talk about before I want to talk about tactics in general in a minute. But the last little thing on selection, uh, a lot of people have expressed concern that um, Williams hadn't even made the match day squad. Uh, you look down the list of players that were on the bench. Wilbraham's on the bench. You've got Mary Apper and McCarthy on the bench. Dwight Gale, uh, Wayne Hennessy, Gadeor and Bannon. Um, to a degree, I could argue that if you've got Bannon on the bench, you don't necessarily need Williams on the bench because the two are very similar. Uh, and you could argue even that Bannon's the more complete, complete player at the moment. But I, I, people are, again, concerned. They've had Johnny sign this new contract, uh, but he, he, he's simply not featuring um, are we getting to a stage now where we can? It seems stupid to say it, but where with the loan, I think there's still a loan window open. Should we? Should he really be looking to maybe go and play some competitive football in the championship, Joe? Um, Sorry, right. I, t- I told you. I told you a little while back. I thought that him signing a four and a half year deal, or whatever he signed, was bluster, just to get more money. Um, I will be amazed. Now, you know, he's broken into the, the Welsh national team and he's not going to get picked from sitting on our bench. Um, from what I understand, he's, uh, his girlfriend is at Cardiff Uni and from what I understand, they are interested in him, as are a few other clubs. Um, and like I said to you last week or whenever, a couple of weeks ago, I will be amazed if he is still a Palace player this time next year. I will be amazed. Mm. Um, strong words there, Joe. Strong words. If you, you think about it, his missus is at Cardiff Uni. He's, he's to get into the side. You know, I know you know Cardiff, but they've had a huge look at him. Um, yep. You know, they love a Palace player now. They're an ex-Palace player. Um, you know, I just, I just think it's. Uh, I, I said, you know, I said the other day when we did the when we did the show in the week. You know, mm. unfortunately, the time for sentiment is gone. If we want to play in the Premier League. Players have to move on. Um, I think it'd be good for Johnny. It's, it's, it's easy for me to just go, oh yeah, good for him just to move on and go to another club. But if, if Pulis is going to be true to his own character traits within football, then Johnny's a foot too short. And uh, and I think we can't have two or three players around his size. Well, at least another player who, who is, like you said, on form. Barry Bannon is a better player than him at the moment. Um, mm. He looked like he's being slowly edged out of the squad, and I think, like I say, the four and a half year deal was to get, you know, a bit of extra cash on the, well, wherever he decides to go. Yeah, well, that's 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 the view from Joe. What do you think, Rich? 
Yeah, just um, it's a very sad situation for me because I think he's one of the yeah one of the academy boys, you know, and he's been with us a long, long time. Uh, and I think he's got he is a great player, but as you you rightly point out, Gel, he's a foot, foot too short for Pulis's football. And whatever we think about that, you know, Pulis is the guy who's got a chance of keeping us up. So. You know, is he expendable? I suppose he is in the end. And, you know, I thought when I first saw him play a couple of years ago, when he was coming into the team, I thought this guy is going to be, you know, central to Palace's future. I don't get that feeling anymore. I think he's on the periphery. And quite frankly, as I, I agree, I think he's on the way out. If we were in a championship, I think he'd still be part of the squad. I honestly don't. But in yeah. the premiership, I don't think so. I think Bannon is in front of him. Um, and the way to think, the way the things are going, if we sign in, so I'm not too sure whether there's any room for for Bannon. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, it, that would it, exactly. But it was a strange thing today. I mean, he's been brought back in. All of a sudden, he's back in favour. You know, he's missing for like four or five weeks, and then he turns up for the Arsenal game. You well, I, it was a, I suspect it was a few things, Chris. Hmm. I just suspect that that might be. Um, that might be now the window's closed and he's not gone anywhere. He's going to be used. I think he might have been. Might have been a potential view to him moving away. Uh, there was all sorts of talk about a late swap deal and some to do with Swansea, but I don't really know the. I don't know. I know any more than that. Just someone mentioned it in passing today. So Bannon, well, Bannon, you mean Bannon going to Swansea, but yeah. someone else coming back the other way. I don't know. Who, I don't know who, but yeah. Um, Wilfred, what's his face? <laughs> yeah, Wilfred Bunny. Meet you. Yes. Would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, there. So, but obviously, yeah. nothing happened there. So maybe he's, he's you know, now got a chance. Obviously, he's not going to go anywhere till the end of the season if, if Pulis does want him out. So, better best to use him. And you know, to me, he's a he's a very good little player. And I thought he showed an awful lot when he came off the bench today. Okay, uh, let's talk tactics in general because that seemed to be the grievance. They, a lot of people took the more prosaic view. They thought to themselves, "We're, we're not." We're not going to. We were never going to get anything from Arsenal anyway. It's one of those games. It's not going to define our season. It's you know we we were always going to lose that game. Effectively, that's that's a lot of people have taken that view, but a lot of people also took the view that we weren't adventurous enough. We 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 simply didn't offer anything going forward. So so in the when the inevitable happened, we had no way of responding. Uh, Rich and take your view on that first of all do you think we could have changed the game by being more adventurous or would have ended up being more of a thumping um well I, I sort of you know got a foot in both camps on that i think um the way Pulis set us out we were playing i mean shamarik basically plays in midfield doesn't he, he covers mm. you know the spare player in midfield and jerome bless his socks is left on his own and he you know we've already gone through the fact i don't think he's good enough to be on his own um mm. i just think we did change our attitude once they'd scored and we looked slightly dangerous for a while. You know, and Jerome missed that chance five minutes after the first goal. And we did have a few bits and pieces, which we didn't really have in the first half. I mean, there was hardly any pressure on their defence in the first half. I totally agree. I think Mertesacker absolutely strolled that game. He just looked like he was having a, you know, a Sunday afternoon stroll in the park. Good player. Very good player, but he just didn't sweat one iota because he, he just wasn't put in un, under any intense pressure. Could we have been? Could we have got a different result if we'd have started more offensively? 
Perhaps, but then again, we could have been absolutely hammered. Because when you watch Arsenal play that football, you can see how they could batter you, five or six. So, in the end, I think the point is that Pulis said we created more chances against the likes of Man City and Chelsea because the wide players played well. Today, the wide players didn't play well. So, it's not the way we were set up. It's just we didn't perform particularly well today. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you, obviously, like I said before, I do, do agree with what Tony Pulis said there, but I think a lot of the reason for it was how quickly... I mean, one of the first things that happened in the game was, I think, Monreal on, on the left got right the way into the box and got a shot away. And when you've got a left-back getting into the box in the first two, three minutes, I think that shows you where where our wide players were going to be occupied. I think that's probably a very sensible tactic from Arsenal anyway, to get their fullbacks pushing up to, to nullify any threat we have out wide. I mean, and it did, it did completely isolate Jerome and, and to a degree, Chimac just ended up being a, an, an extra midfielder. But um, I thought Chimac actually had quite a good game today. I thought it, how his touches, and he, you, you know, you could tell he really wanted to do well. But um, for, for me, that I, I agree with what you're saying, which there, there is a little bit of truth in, we weren't adventurous enough. And the only reason I would say that is because if you look when once the game was effectively won by Arsenal and to a to a degree they put their took their foot off the gas, I suppose, but the last sort of five to ten minutes, you know, the the wide men got forward and we even got our fullbacks pushing up and we, we were we were just weren't anywhere near as deep and we actually went for it and we showed we're not you know, we're not a pushover. We we got forward and we got shots away. Nothing massively dangerous, but you know there was pressure. We applied some pressure, and I think that's what people. When we see, when you see that at the end, you just think to yourself, you can't help thinking it, even though you know the reasons for it. You can't help thinking, you know, why the hell weren't we like this a bit earlier? Certainly, I think when we went one nil down, I think that was the time to to start looking at changing it in terms of of getting ourselves forward and, and sort of trying to hold the ball a bit better. You got any views on this, Joe? Oh yeah, I just put me in the chat. Yeah, I do. I thought Punchin didn't have his best game either. I thought he was uh, he was very very wasteful in the first half and then if you add that to the way that um, Jerome kept losing the ball um, you'll see why we were almost ineffective in the first half uh, mm-hmm. I thought Shemak played very well I thought he was roughed up a little bit to be honest, unnecessarily and, and once again he was left bleeding um, with, with no foul given bleeding from the mouth you know so I, I don't know how he got that injury but um, it, yeah, it's, it's 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 very frustrating to see that we you know that we have the ability to create to create chances. No matter again, you know, some bad one touch football is really really good, but you almost feel like the the players have got like the the constraint where they're told don't go too far forward. Don't you know if he goes forward, you've got to be back, and it and it seems yeah. to. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just it's that new style of football that we're playing. Where if you're going to attack, you have to have cover, and, yeah. and, well, there, and maybe that, sooner or later it'll be it'll it'll become automatic when it with the players. Mm. It'll become automatic that you know if 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 someone goes bombing it through, through the middle, like Delaney when he picks the ball up, you know you would be thinking that as Delaney goes past Jedinek, that Jedinek just comes back a little bit and just sinks that little bit deeper to it. And I'm I do think Delaney should should make himself an hero and, and take that extra five or six steps forward and then use that left foot and give it a smack just give it a proper smack yeah you, you can tell he wants to <laughs> but, um, you can can't you you yeah, really yeah. can yeah, I, I, yeah. 
I love what he does. I love the way he steps out of the defence of the ball. And like you say, he seems to go past people. But just have, have you noticed? Have you noticed as well, right? But he, he actually has time to get his head up and have a look. It's just a mark of a good player for me. Yeah, you know, definitely. He, he, he I mean, he, he played uh, when he was younger. He played a spell. I think left back. He said he played full back. Uh, I think it was possibly even at Hulls. But um, he's yeah, he, he's a decent player. He's a, he's a better player than people realise at times. I think. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty clear that one of the differences between Tony Pulis and, and Ian Holloway before him is in the fullback areas, and that our fullbacks are primarily told you are defenders and you you will defend first and foremost. And if you can get forward and support the attack then do so. But like you say, Joe, it's very much with a view of the midfield stepping across to cover. Um, and, and that's something, um, I don't think so. I just don't think that... Um, just keep swapping, don't I? I just, just, yeah, swapping. I just don't think Tony Pulis fancies Moxie at all as a, as a, as a starter when pass fit. Um, I'm still surprised we didn't do anything in the left-back area. I don't know how how hard we tried there. And, and, I, and I was, again, surprised to see Joe Ward going back to right-back and not the left-back today. I could have... You know, I thought maybe Paul would stay on that bench and Ward would go left back and, and Mariapa would stay right back. But See, that, yeah. the other thing as well, Chris, I always think Paul looks better at right back. Yeah, because... I don't honestly, seems, I do. He's two, he's two foot... Like, we, he, I always get dragged into this conversation because it drives me slightly insane watching him. Because he can... He's genuine, you know, genuinely two-footed, but he hits the ball better with his right foot. But he kind of runs with the ball to, on, it, on his left, and I think someone pointed out he takes free kicks and penalties with his with his left foot. So, but he seems to pass better and cross better with the right. I don't know. I don't know. He's a, he's a bit of an enigma to me, Johnny Parr. I think the first season we had him, he was absolutely tremendous, and and now, well, second season not so much. And now I just don't really know. I haven't really made my mind up about him, Rich. Yeah, it's another conundrum, isn't it? Um, I sort of agree with you in a way that I think he could play right back quite well. But you know, Ward is our right back. I don't, I don't, you know, he should be our natural right back. And I totally agree with you about Delaney. He's had this strange transformation where he suddenly breaks forward and he looks like bloody Maradona and he's just beating <laughs> players for fun and you're just going hang on a minute Damien what are you doing here but I quite like that because I think it's good and, and going back to Gel's point I think Pulis is definitely he drills into these boys he goes right this is your job you do not go forward if the other guy goes forward you know and they do it in pairs probably you just say if you know like you can say to KG if Mila Jedinak's gone forward you don't go forward or if the fullback goes, well, da, da, da. so it's, you know, it can be frustrating and it looks like we're not being a particularly attacking team. But I think that discipline is the thing that Pulis brings and that's what's given us a chance to stay up. So I don't think we should rail against it. We should go, OK, we'll swallow this and see how it goes. Mm. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I think we, we get to a point and I know it's what we do on this show. We do nitpick to a degree, but, um, but uh, I, I think... Ultimately, the, the the end result of, of the Arsenal game is not particularly different to what we could have expected. Uh, we're at the Emirates. It's, it's an away game, and it's against a team that are currently top of the league. Um, losing it, there's no shame in losing it, and, and keeping them level and making sure they were in a game the whole for the whole match was, you know, it, it deserves praise. It, yes, there are disappointing elements, and I guess it shows how far we've come in a short space of time that we can be disappointed with the performance to a degree, when we only lost 2-0 to Arsenal. Um, I'm trying to um, pick up on a few tweets. I've just been very aware that we've been a bit slack on the communication. That's because we don't have anyone doing the communication hub. 
um, Kelly says she's been listening to whole radio in the bath. Um, wine and palace chat and gel swearing. You've got all of that. See, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate. I just. I hate every time you talk about it, Kelly. It gets really creepy, Joe. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, uh, on, on the sub. On the sorry, go. Well, no, I, there was mm. not. There's not Stop. a photo of me looking at her bangers, is there? With that sitting photo, on her knee. I've told you that photo is out of context. It was a staged yeah, photo. Yeah. Really, like really happened. looks like it. Really looks like it. I just Contact. like there's a a tweet from some fella called Steve Gooner, who's uh, who's obviously an Arsenal fan, and he said, "Did did we did you not win the best atmosphere in the Premier League award recently? My mistake, if not so." Um, I don't, I don't know. I can all I can remember about those things that you always tend to have Man United at the top of it for some unknown reason. Um, I think that might be a waste of course, but we should have done. Um, like I said, I feel a bit weird, like how many people seem to take credit for the atmosphere because you know we know it's. Uh, I don't want to get into that subject actually, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've, there's no doubt. I mean, you you only have to look at, at Twitter and you know the various different phone-ins and things like that where people are all they talk about is our support and like you say, sky sky cameras are fascinated by it and all that sort of stuff, but. Um, I think we we got a, a message from Colin Squires on that. He just said the mark of true fans are ones that support the team, however they play, um, and that's what we've been doing for for a long, long time. And to be honest, I don't I don't know any different anymore, because it it just seems alien to me to do anything else. And I really like that that's what we've become. And like I said before, I really hope we stay that way, despite being in the um, Premier League. Doug Simmons has said that uh, Arsenal was a library and a closed one at that, as far as their fans were concerned. Uh, Bob the Eagle says, I've been to plenty of cricket matches livelier than that. Even got a bollocking your dicky bird for it, his last one. Fantastic. Uh, Patrick Connor, um, he's been to a match at the Emirates and agree that the atmosphere is, in the words of Joe the Caddy, crap. <laughs> so thanks for all your communication today. That's much appreciated. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got a lovely message from Kelly as well. We, we can, um, oh, you've seen it, Joe. All right. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, Kelly. <laughs> um... Right, I've been distracted now. Let me go back. It's not my, on my own personal Twitter. Um, right, what was I doing? Damn it, Kelly, you've distracted me. <clears throat> uh, shall we preview the West Brom game? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, what the hell? Why, do we, why not, eh? Um, they had a 1-1 draw with Liverpool today and sit uh, just above us in 16th. I can't believe we're in 17th. How depressing is that? Been 11th today. Um... So yeah, they've done well to get to get a point there. Got a new manager who's what's his name? Something Mel, Pepe Mel, Pepe Mel, the most Spanish man ever. But he's um he's done all right. Is he even Spanish? Who knows? But he is yeah, he's um he's he's done okay in terms of of sort of trying to arrest the slide. But it was still a surprise when they did get rid of Steve Clark for me. But um obviously we beat them recently. In uh, away in the FA Cup third round, beat them two 0 uh, Since that game, they'd lost to Southampton, drew one one with Everton, lost four three in a cracking game against Aston Villa, and uh, and they've got that one one draw today. So uh, the wins, the no no win since first uh, of January, New Year's Day against Newcastle, where they won one nil, which is not a bad result at all. Uh, so in a way, hang on, let's have a look. Their last away win. And last, oh my word, I've got to scroll my screen down. The last away win was actually against Man United on the 28th of September. I think, I think I've got that yeah. one right. 
was. So, so there you go. I mean, that that in itself was a good result, but it's a long, long time since an away they yeah, have. Yeah, but everyone beats Man United these days. It's not that good a result. <laughs> mm. Yeah, true. Well, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at that, that game against them at Celeste as a, as a guaranteed three points now. But um, I, I, I genuinely think. I mean, we talk about six pointers. This is huge. Absolutely huge next weekend. Uh, I, I, it's not a huge much more to sort of say about that, but this is the chance for us to see our new signings. The, the potential that Scott Dan, uh, Joe Ledley, Torrance, and uh, and even potentially Hennessy might actually come into the team. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what effect that has on the. He's uh, not mentioned Murray either. Well, it depends a lot. I'm still. I'm <laughs> part of me thinks. Ah. Not to mention it until it happens, because... A half-fit Murray is better, for me, he's a better player. Yeah, you know, I just need to elaborate on something, and I, I can hear again, I'm trying to jump in, but listen, the thing about Murray, and, and, and people saying about his lack of pace and everything, Murray doesn't have to have, doesn't have, to have pace, because what no. he is, he's a clever player. He's a clever player. Again, he, he goes to the near post, he did it against Brighton, when we, he scored against him, and the first goal that I think he scored for Palace... Against uh, against Leeds a couple of years ago, he, that was a near post, left foot, bottom corner. So he, he doesn't need to, and he is very, he's deceptive in the air, very good in the air. Again, cross the ball. Hopefully, with ints out wide and Blassie whipping in crosses in, we would have someone who's actually got you know a, a decent header on him to uh, to start putting away his chances. Yeah, I'd say this: the thing that worries me at the moment is that we don't. It, at the moment, we don't really get many crosses in the box. And to be honest, when we have done, that's when we've actually looked dangerous because, I mean, Jerome scored, actually scored for us with a, with a header. And Chumak as well is, is really, really good in the air. So I'm really hoping that we don't see Murray come back into the team and just be asked to lead the line and not have the chances. Because you think, I mean, a lot of what he did for us was was the brilliance of having Balassi on one wing and Wilf on the other. So like you say, it's got to be it's got to be Tom Ince supplying that kind of magic for us and um yeah i mean certainly if that's what happens and we've got a real good chance to 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 beat west brom and to 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 move back up that table make things a bit more comfortable for ourselves because we've got a very very tough run of games and i suppose this is our best chance for probably a fair few weeks of actually three points on the board so we really do need to take it rich do you think we will um, do I think we will? Uh, I think we, yeah, we've got a very good chance. I think we we're proving that we can beat the teams around us, but we've only got one point from the top ten, which I pointed out in my article in my preview of the Arsenal game. So that's one point from twelve matches against the top ten. So, you know, we've got to beat the likes of West Brom. If we don't, and the problem is, you know, as you say, it's another six points. They're all pivotal matches now. There's only fifteen left. Every single one, we have got to try and get some points out of because it's going to be so tight. I mean, I can imagine going to Fulham on the last day of the season and four or five clubs potentially, you know, going down on that final day. And you know what it's like on final day. We're not very good when it's <laughs> no. you know, all up for it. If you remember, obviously, the uh, infamous game at Charlton. Um, mm. It's just, it's horribly predictable. But I... I think, you know, West Brom, I know a couple of West Brom fans. Uh, they said that the Uruguayan, can't remember, the Uruguayan centre-back's performance apparently against Villa was the, the worst. Yeah, the, it was the worst 
defensive performance uh, the Midland correspondent for the whatever it is had ever seen. And he'd been <laughs> going for 30 years. He said he was abysmal. He was just an accident waiting to happen. And he was dropped today. And in fact, he came on because one of their other centre-backs got injured. Um, Olsen, yeah, he pulled a hamstring. Oh, yeah. So he's probably out. Uh, I think we, we've got to be on the front foot again. We've got to put them under pressure. And mm. I, what I worry about is, purely, you know, against Hull, you know, the way we played is we sat back. And against Stoke as well, we sat back and brought them on us. And I just worry about that. And I know it's the Pulis way. And I just think, can we not just be, you know, you were talking about our defensive lineup today at the Emirates, which I think is understandable. I think yeah. when we're at Selhurst, I think we've got to be Adam putting them under pressure because they're slow at the back. I was at the cup game up there, you know, and they were pretty bloody awful. I mean, we played all right. We played quite well. Gale played, obviously, and scored. Um, but their, their back four was slow. <clears throat> However, if you've only got Jerome up front, he's not a speed merchant. So are you going to be able to, you know, capitalise on the fact that they're very slow? Possibly not. Yeah, so, it's, um, yeah. No, it's, it's a tough one, Rich. I, I think the problem the problem we have with... One of the questions, obviously, I, I asked Steve Parrish about the signings that we'd made. Were, were they so Tony Pulis can start to change the way we're playing, can start to progress the team? And yeah. Steve obviously responded positively to that and said, yeah, of course, that's the, the thinking behind the type of signings that we've made is so that... Perhaps you know Tony can start getting the team playing a little bit more like he really wants them to play. Because I don't think right now what we're seeing, we talk about it being the purest way, and you're right, it is the purest way to get a team organised and everyone to know their jobs. But I think that there's a lot more to come. I think this is only the first sort of stage, if you like, was to yeah. settle us down, get us organised, and now it's going to be how can we be more expansive? He's basically tackling that question that Ian Holloway couldn't answer uh, and, and literally walked away from the club because he was unable to answer. Um, yeah. And I think I think it was interesting to see how how the new players come in, bed in, and, and what those changes are. And I think West Brom is the first time we'll see that. So let's hope, fingers crossed, that we do actually see a much more adventurous lineup. Uh, can I get a score prediction from you, Rich? Um, I'm I'm always very pessimistic, Chris, as you know, it's my nature. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go one all. One all. Okay, Joe. Little summary in the score. Three one. Okay. Any thinking behind that? <laughs> No. It's <laughs> my favourite. That is my favourite favourite thing you've ever said. I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with um with a comfortable two nil victory to Palace uh, with Tom Ince scoring the first and Mario Anchamac scoring the second. Uh, and if I don't put a bet on that and it wins, I will be absolutely mortified. So I'll probably have to go and do that now. <clears throat> All right. That'll be it, I think. We've done, we've done enough. Um, more technical issues and um, what have you, mainly relating to Nick and his lack of laptop. But he is getting a new one, he promises. So we'll have Wrong. Nick back on soon. Hooray. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. We're back mm, next Sunday <laughs> at 8pm, our normal time, uh, where myself, uh, Tom, you all know Tom, producer Tom, Joe uh, and Alex will be on. And uh, obviously, if you're listening to this on the podcast, do listen live next week. It could be good. Uh, tune into HOLradio.net uh, at 8pm. Click on the little player. Listen to us live. But until then, goodbye. HOLradio.net. Goodbye. I'm a bad girl. Oh.
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.